Yes, hello and welcome once again to the Young Entrepreneur Mindset Podcast. I am your host, Angel, coming to you live from Orlando, Florida. Listen, today is Monday, so happy Mindset Monday. That's right. We're beginning a new week, so listen, I hope you guys could tune in all the way to the end because we're going to have some great content today. I have a special guest today. Listen, you're going to want to listen about if you want to develop your leadership skills, uh, you feel that you are already a leader. Listen, I have an important guest that you need to tune in. Okay. Also, we're going to be talking about this book you see right here. Before we get into all of that, as you already know, the audio download will be available and is available on the Anchor Podcast, all right? Google Podcast, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Pandora, you name it, wherever you like to tune in to get your podcast. Look up the Young Entrepreneur Mindset Podcast, and please follow me there. Give me a review, subscribe to the channel, all that good stuff. Also, on Twitter, you can follow me under AngelSantos75, and on Instagram under AngelSantosPodcast. All right, folks. So with that being said, let's go ahead and get right into it because the time of this uh, man is valuable, and I am so honored and thrilled to have him here. His name is Dr. William Attaway. And listen, he has this book right here, Catalytic Leadership. We're going to be talking about what is that, right? What is that type of leadership? He has an amazing story. So please tune in to the end and leave us a comment as well and subscribe to the channel. All right, guys. So with that being said, let's go ahead and bring him along. Mr. William, how are you, sir? I'm good, Angel. How are you? I am excellent. Thank you so much. Listen, I am so thrilled and honored, guys. He actually sent me this book when we first met he's like don't worry it's gonna be in the mailbox soon and listen i got my book here i got my copy i got it personalized and signed so thank you very much mr william and catalytic leadership we're gonna be talking about that uh just in a moment but first of all how are you today sir man i'm i'm great it's just such an honor to be on your show thanks for inviting me no man thank you thank you for accepting the invite and just for uh, I like to get this started with the for the audience to get to know, of course, my my uh, invites here, my guests and whatnot. Uh, just talk about briefly about your story. You, you know, you growing up. I know you you're a, uh, you're Arthur, right? You also are a leader. You're a leader in, in your in your church there, just outside of Washington D.C., right? So go ahead and talk about your story. Your you know you growing up with your your see. I don't know if you have siblings, you know, your parents or whatnot. That's that's great intro, man. Let me, let me, I'm, I'm a husband first. I'm a father. I've uh, been a husband for 24 years, been a father for almost 18 of those. Wow. And uh, we have two teenage daughters, uh, one of whom's getting ready to go to college this fall. Uh, that's I don't, amazing. I don't feel that old, but uh, apparently, <laughs> apparently I am. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I get to serve as the pastor of Southview Community Church uh, outside of Washington, D.C. in Herndon, Virginia. Uh, and I'm a leadership coach. I help leaders to intentionally grow and thrive by coaching them, helping them to see what they can't see so that they can address what needs to be addressed. Exactly. So that, that's what I do. And, and so much of that came out of an outgrowth uh, from when I was a kid. You know, when I was 15, I had a high school teacher who saw something in me that I did not see in myself. And he invited me to attend a leadership conference. And I was hooked. I have been a student of leadership now for over 30 years and have been uh, writing and coaching leaders uh, for over two decades of that. Wow. So wait a minute. So you're 15 years old. So you're actually a young entrepreneur at that time. 
Okay, we're not going to mention the year, guys. Okay, that's not, that's right. <laughs> we'll make right? that be. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was just it's just a, a, a few pounds back, you know. That's right. <laughs> right. <laughs> that's what I said. I said I just gained a couple pounds throughout that's the year. Right. That's all. That's right. Mr. Williams, so you know you're young, so you're 15, and but what sparked? Like, how did that mind shift? Right. Speaking of mind shift, how did that? Like, what woke up inside you? Maybe or something said, "Wait a minute. If I'm only I'm not only in this conference, but I can do this, and I, I want to be a leader to a, a lot of uh, generations ahead of me. You know, I think it. I think it awakened in me an understanding of what leadership could be, what leadership okay. could accomplish, okay. and I think that's true no matter your your field of endeavor. So many of my clients now, my coaching clients, are entrepreneurs. They're solopreneurs. They're C suite wow. types, and and as I coach them and help them to to look at their lives a little bit differently, to see things from a different perspective. I understand in a fresh and new way the power of leadership. And that's what that's what began to be awakened all those years ago in me. Right. Okay. So how how important, let's start off with that question. How important is personal leadership growth uh to you? I think it's 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 I can't overestimate how important <laughs> yeah. that is. Because here's the here's the fact, Angel. Nobody is gonna prioritize your development as a leader more than you do. You even right. have an HR department if you work in a corporate environment, an HR department that wants to help people develop and grow and they have training workshops and whatnot. Yeah. But they're not going to prioritize your personal growth and development any more than you do. They'll offer some opportunities here and there. Yeah. But what I challenge leaders to do is understand that you are driving the bus when it comes to your own development as a leader. What okay. books are you reading? What podcasts are you listening to? Right? Yeah. What what workshops and seminars and conferences are you attending? What leaders are you seeking out who are farther down the road than you are so that you can learn from them and ask them questions? I can't tell you how many cups of coffee and lunches I've bought over the years from leaders <laughs> who are further down the road than I am that yeah. I wanted to learn from. You always come prepared. You always come with questions. I think every opportunity like that is gold if you approach okay. it with the right spirit. Okay. So let's backing up just a little bit. Yeah. What, uh, what leadership uh, did you take like you take uh master classes seminars you know you, other books what, what was the one book that you read that you just on the top of your mind you said this was a book that just changed my life wow man that's all <laughs> that's a big deal I, you know I, as as a pastor i think it's required that i say the bible and and i think the reason that that i would say that in a leadership context is that every leadership principle that has ever been taught everyone that i teach is rooted yeah. in scripture and so I think, you know, if, if you it's the greatest leadership book ever written. Absolutely. So, so I think that's that's going to be there when it comes to, to books outside of that. I think yeah. John Maxwell is one of the most prolific writers yes. of our day on leadership. Uh, his book, The 21 Irrefutable Laws of Leadership. Yeah. Um, truly transformational for me. Um, but I, man, there's just so many that one that yeah. one jumps out. There's th good leaders ask great questions. A uh, phenomenal <laughs> book uh, on the power of the right questions. You'll never get to the right answers if you don't ask the right questions. And that's so, right. You know, so many, so many books over the years. That's awesome, man. And that's interesting. I, I asked that because, you know, there's so many books, but you're, you're right on point with that. You know, John Maxwell, he has, and I have a book of his somewhere also. In my library, I see that you have a lot of books back there as well. So have, that's I interesting. A, I have a book, bit of a book problem, yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which is a good problem to have because I think as a leader, you know, uh, fundamental, something that's very fundamental is reading, you know, yeah. reading whether the scripture or even, you know, books about whether it's finance and whatnot. Mm -hmm. Because I think 
deep down inside of all of us, and this is to uh, to all the young entrepreneurs out there, there's a leader inside all of us. That's right. It's just a matter of time that we discover it and then we start to develop. That happened to me. That's right. You know, when I was young, you know, just to give you a, a little bit of my story, you know, uh, even at the age of 21, 25, I didn't have someone to develop me personally, mm -hmm. right, as a leadership. In the workforce is where I started gaining mm -hmm. more experience as working, but then as leadership, because then, you know, you start going to different roles yeah. of management. So that's where I got my leadership. Okay. That's so that, that's, that's just the point to bring up that some people may not say, well, you know, it's kind of hard. I don't have a mentor. You know, I don't have that father figure or mother figure. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So that's, that's different. Have you run into uh, people that tell you that? Absolutely. Absolutely. The, the the fact of the matter is that I didn't have a mentor handed to me on a platter. You know, I've had to I've had to go and I've had to seek out people that I could ask to mentor me in a certain area. If you're looking for somebody to mentor you in every area in your life, that's going to be a hard find. And if you try to ask somebody, they're probably going to say no. But yeah. if you go and you say, hey, in this area, you really seem to be excelling. and I think I can learn something from you. Could I buy you lunch? Could I buy you coffee? Could I could I just pick your brain and ask you some very specific questions? around some around this topic or this area or this, this this thing that you're doing exactly that's that's what i've done you know i think i think it's important for for young leaders and old leaders it doesn't matter to yeah learn as much as you can from as many people as you can about exactly. as much as you can and if you walk into life with that learning posture that teachable spirit i'll tell you the opportunities will abound exactly that's awesome that's awesome so let's get into it uh mr williams so what what is catalytic leadership obviously uh why the title like what what is that we understand leadership but catalytic like what what's specific about that word yeah when i went to college i went as a pharmacy major uh because i thought i wanted i'd worked in a pharmacy and thought i, I could help people that way and that okay. appealed to me so i went there and i took or chemistry and inorganic chemistry and i got to organic chemistry and decided that you know, this is not really what I want to do for the rest of my life. <laughs> so I said, I've got to take a, a change here. But in my in my brief chemistry studies, I learned about a catalyst and the power of a catalyst. The catalyst is something that you introduce to accelerate or ignite significant change that makes a significant impact. And I had already been a student of leadership for a number of years by that point and, and had learned from so many and about so many leaders but when I, when I came across that catalyst definition and saw the power and the potential of a catalyst, I thought, you know, every great leader I've ever studied or every great leader I've ever learned from has been catalytic. They, they want to make a significant impact. They, they incite or accelerate significant change, either organizationally or in their team or their department. Wow. Hmm. So that's always stuck with me really since then. And so yeah. when I started my own coaching company and wrote this book, during the pandemic, I said, that's, that's where we're going to start. We're going to call it catalytic leadership, because I think that's the leadership that so many leaders aspire for. That's what they okay. want. But how do you get there? Exactly. Yeah, because and this book, it just came out recently, right? January? In January. This that's year? Right. That's right. Okay. That's awesome. And what um do you have other books? Is, is this the first one or is you had other books? Well? I did write one about uh, in 2014. Uh, was my first book, and it came out of my experience as a pastor. It was based on six of the what we call the minor prophets in scripture, okay. and it's called Lead Leadership Principles from the Not So Minor Prophets. 
Okay. <laughs> okay. And can they get it at the website that I have here? The, that website, they could get it there uh, as well? Not at catalyticleadershipbook.com. That's just for the Catalytic Leadership Book. But you can okay. get it on Amazon. They're all available on Amazon. Ah, perfect. Okay. Okay. Then I'll, I have, I'll ask you to uh, email me the uh, the link so I can put it yes. in the description. Okay. Absolutely. So now uh, I, I, this may be a little bit backing up because I know that your leadership developed as well, but through... Uh, we had a conversation about this uh, offline. Uh, and I, as like I told you, I, I also could relate to a cancer diagnostic, right? Your older daughter. Mm-hmm. Uh, go ahead and share that story because I know I, sh- I shared mine uh, with you regarding, you know, my mm-hmm. wife and whatnot right before the pandemic, you know, stage four lung cancer and yeah. that, you know, changes anybody's life. But in yours, your older daughter, you know, not only get you diagnostic with this cancer, but then it develops a leadership side in you. Explain that to us. Sure. It was in the spring of 2019, uh, March of 2019. So about a year before the pandemic hit. Wow. We, uh, My older daughter, who was 14 at the time, had begun experiencing some headaches and they didn't go away. And we went to the doctor and thought maybe she was developing migraines like I've experienced since I was about her age. And uh, so they gave her some medicine. It didn't, didn't do the trick. And it just seemed to, to not get any better. It seemed to be getting a little bit worse. And so we went back to the doctor and ultimately ended up at the ER where they said they wanted to run some tests and yeah. uh, discovered very much out of the blue that she had a brain tumor uh, pressing on the back right side of her brain. Now, I, we have no history of this. There's no there's no flags or anything that, that makes you think this is going to happen. This is completely out of the blue. How do you deal with that? Well, you know, we were we were very proactive. They they took her by ambulance from there to a larger hospital from, than the one where we live. And yeah. two days later, they do surgery. A pediatric neurosurgeon goes in, takes out the tumor, and two days later, she's home. and And we start to wait, and we wait for the biopsy to see what this is. Is it benign or is it not? And two weeks later, it, those 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 weeks were awful, as you might imagine, just waiting. Um, yeah. Two weeks later, we go and see the oncology team, and they tell us that it is not benign, that it's actually cancer. It ended up being a very rare form of cancer. Only about 50 teenagers a year in the world are diagnosed with it. And wow. uh, and they said, we have some some ideas for treatment. We have some ideas that we think will, will be a, a benefit. But in that moment and in the, the weeks and months that followed as we walked through treatment with radiation and, and the Ronald McDonald house and all these things that, that we went through, yeah. the thing that, that I took away, one of the things I took away from that was that, you know, in those, in those months, I wasn't worried about what was happening at the office, really. I wasn't, I wasn't thinking about, hey, are we going to hit our, our objectives this quarter? You know, are our KPIs <laughs> moving up the field? Like, is that, is that what's going on here? Yeah. No, I wasn't. I was I was focused on what mattered most. The fact of the matter is that one day somebody else is going to sit in your chair. Somebody else is going to sit in my chair. Exactly. One day somebody else is going to do what you do. Exactly. But who's going to be with you at the end? That's right. It's your it's those closest to you. And that was that was one of my biggest takeaways from that season. And that's why one of the chapters in the book is about if you want to be catalytic as a leader, you have to have to choose to be family focused yes. because, because they're the ones who are going to be with you. They're the ones who are going to be with you at the end. I've, I've sat with so many people at the end of their lives. And I got to tell you, Angel, I've never once heard anybody say, man, I wish, I wish I'd spent more time at the office. Uh, you know, I wish I had, I had worked more. Yeah. No, I, no, what I hear 
are relationship regrets. I wish I had I had mended that relationship. I wish I had spent more time with my kids or with my spouse. I wish I had over and over and over and over again. Yeah. And I, I want to be proactive and I want the leaders that I coach and work with to be proactive and say, I don't, I don't want to end there. I want to avoid that ditch. Well, how do you do that? Well, you choose to be family focused. Now, the number one piece of pushback I get on that is, well, if I do that, I'll be living out of my car in no time. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. <laughs> understand part of choosing to be family focused is providing for your family that's your role in the family but of course the priorities that we set matter and we choose them they are not chosen for us we choose yeah. i actively choose that every single day and i coach leaders that if you want to be catalytic truly in your leadership that's a key element that is that is key and, and we say uh family focus i think uh any father husband mm -hmm. Right. That has, you know, children. You know, I think our children look up to us. You know, my daughter, she's 10 years old. She looks up to me and I have to. I think that's the number one leadership uh, uh, responsibility that I have is with my daughter. Right. Yeah, because and my, my wife, the same thing, you know, even though we're the father mother uh, figure, uh, we still have a leadership role to teach right. because I want her to be a leader. You know, when she Absolutely. sees things in school. And I think that how important is that, Pastor, that you see, you know, uh, parents that don't develop themselves as leaders, right, first, so that there's kids. I mean, look at the times that we're living in right now where, you know, a lot of that leadership is, is not being seen at home. Well, that's it. That's that's exactly it. It's, it begins at home. It begins with what parents are doing. You know, Maxwell says so well that leadership is simply influence, nothing less, nothing more. Who are those you have influence with? Every one of your listeners has influence with at least one other person in their world, yeah. more than likely more than one. Yeah. So what are you doing with that? What are you doing to leverage that influence for the good of those you lead? That's what parents Ooh. can do with kids. I want to, I want to teach my daughters to use their influence for the benefit of other people. I, I want to teach them to use their influence to speak up for those who can't speak for themselves to, to lead well. True yeah. leadership is, is not just about you. It's about those around you. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I have a question here for you because I, you know, you have it on your, um, your file here and it says, how can I avoid the drift toward mediocrity in my leadership? That's, that's yeah. huge. That's a huge question. You know, I think as, I, as I've coached leaders, and this, this particularly applies to somebody who's been in their role as a leader, uh, any entrepreneur can fall into this over time. You know, when you're first starting something, you know, everything's hard because you're learning everything, right? Everything's a challenge and everything has a growth curve and a learning curve to it. But over time, it, it gets easier and you begin to feel like, you know, I, I got this. You know, I'm, I'm OK. With this. I, I can do this. If you're not careful, what happens is you begin to fall out of that learning posture that I think is mm. required for catalytic leadership. You, you okay. begin to, to move away from having a teachable spirit and begin to feel like, well, no, I, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. I don't need to learn anything. I don't need to, to ask anybody questions. I'm, I'm good here. A hundred percent of the time when that happens, you begin to drift. Nobody drifts into excellence. We drift <laughs> into mediocrity. And that's mm. what happens a hundred percent of the time mediocrity inspires nobody. <laughs> okay. And, and our job as leaders, as entrepreneurs is to inspire other people, right? To, with what we do, with the product we produce, the service we provide, we want to inspire other people to lean in. Now, mediocrity never does. Nobody is inspired by mediocrity. 
No, and you're right because even those that say that, like that expression, they say, "Oh, no, I don't need to learn that." You know that I know it all. Right, <laughs> kind of right, thing. They right. they don't know that they're they're putting a boundary. They're putting like a wall, That's like right. a brick wall to receive. That's exactly that right. To say? That's exactly right. Wow, that's awesome. And another question: How does your personal wiring impact your leadership? You know, every every leader, every person on the planet is wired very specifically. I think that we are created on purpose and for a purpose. And, and yes. so, what 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 happens is that that often, as young leaders begin to lead, uh, young entrepreneurs begin to lead. What happens is that that they begin to to want to mimic and copy people they admire, right? Okay. They see somebody who's a great leader, a great entrepreneur, and they just begin to to want to mimic them, right? And that's normal. That's natural. And I think every leader would say that at some point, at some level, they've done that. Yeah. The problem is when you stay there, right? At the beginning, you're trying to learn what 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 works and what works for you and how you fit and all these things. What you're trying to discover is what I call your wiring, how you're wired, Right. Mm. Your wiring is your, your, your gifts, your passions, your talents, your personality, the things you know how to do, how all of that intersects and overlays in you. When you discover that, what you're discovering is how do I become the best version of me to accomplish what it is I'm trying to accomplish? Okay. You know, you, you can try to be Jeff Bezos if you want to, but there's already one of him. Exactly. You know? uh, the, the world needs you. You were yes. created for a purpose. And so, so what I challenge leaders to do is first discover your own wiring so you can understand how to be the best version of you, how to lead as the best version, the best leader you can be. That's, right. that's the first step, but that's not where it stops. Okay. As a leader, you have influence with the people that you lead, right? right. Well, I, I wanted to learn how they're wired. I want to discover their wiring too so that I can then help to empower and equip them to be the best leaders they can be. When we begin to do that, we begin to see our team members not just as cogs in the wheel that are doing tasks that we need done, but instead we see them as actual three-dimensional human beings that, That's right. that have hopes and dreams and that have things they want to accomplish. You know what I've discovered is that, is that when you discover their wiring and you help to pour into and invest in them and help lift them up to achieve what's in their heart, they're not going to run away most of the time. They're going to lean into what you're doing too, because you have shown that you value them. Okay. You have shown that they have value beyond just what they do, what they contribute. Okay. When you do that, you find not only that you're helping them, but they're helping your team and your organization far more than they did before. Yeah, that's awesome. So why do you talk so much about evaluation? Like, what's <laughs> very important about evaluation, to evaluate, right? Yeah, you know, the, the book, the book Catalytic Leadership captures 12 of the key principles that I've discovered in my own journey and from coaching leaders for a couple of decades now. Right. And these, okay. these principles apply no matter the no matter the field from academia to government contractors, from from government employees all, yeah. to education. I mean, it doesn't matter. You know, C-suite, entrepreneur, solopreneur, they all apply. One of the ones that that is really easy to see across all of the different spectrums is evaluation. I talk about this a lot. Okay. People think that experience is what makes you better. Mm. You know, if you just have more experience, then that means you automatically get better. Guess what? That's not true. There's a lot of people who've been doing the, the a job for 30 years. They really haven't had <laughs> oh 30 years gosh. of experience. They I have one year of experience just repeated 30 times. 30 They're times, just doing yeah. the same thing over and over and over again, right? That's oh, experience. Yeah. But 
You're not getting better. What makes you better? Experience doesn't make you better. Evaluated experience makes you better. And so that's why evaluation is so important because evaluation is how we learn how to get better, how we learn what needs changing. Our team that I lead, we ask three questions so consistently and so frequently. I'm sure my team members could recite them in their sleep. And the three questions, no matter what we're doing, we'll ask is what went right? That's the first question. What went right? Right. What can we celebrate? What are the wins? What went exactly like we wanted it to about what we just did? Okay. What went wrong? Right. What, what, what didn't, what, what, what are we like? Oh, we've got to deal with that. We've got to address that, 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 that yeah. just nosedived. And the third question is how do we make it better? How do we make it better next time? I start with the win. I start with what went right. Because I think that Andy Stanley says, so well, what's rewarded is repeated, right? Exactly. I want to reward the wins. I want more of those. So we're going to talk about those first. We're going to celebrate those. So often we want to run to what went wrong. Don't start there. Start with what went right. Let's celebrate that first. Okay. Then move to what went wrong. Hey, what, what, what didn't go right? What, what, what's, what's a fail here? And then, and only then you move to the action items. How do we make it better? What are we going to do different the next time that we do this? That's evaluation. And that's a very simple model that I use in a lot of different areas organizationally. But as a leader personally, I also evaluate. Every week I do a weekly review and I'll look back at the previous week and I ask those same three questions. What went right? What went wrong? Mm. How would I make it better if I were given the opportunity in that situation again? As I review the appointments, I review my meetings, I review all the conversations that I can think through. I go through my journal, my writings. And, and I think, okay, what do I want to carry forward? Because evaluated experience, that's what makes you better. I want to carry those learnings forward so I can benefit from them the next week and all the weeks after that. Wow, that's awesome. You know, you, now that you're saying that, I'm going to apply that for my goals. And evaluate my goals. Even don't look at the goals I didn't achieve. Let's look yes. at the goals that I achieved. Even if it's the smallest goal yes. that I achieved. Because celebrate gonna, that. I, I, you celebrate that. Yeah, it makes sense because then I'm going to motivate myself. And yes. even though I have the goal that I, I didn't reach, I'll be like, okay, well, I didn't reach this one, but I'm not going to feel so bad, right? Because I'm coming from a, a, a lifted motivation. That's oh, right. wow, that makes sense. That's it. And then you end with, okay, how, how am I going to do it different next time? How am I going to make it better? That's it. Again, you're on the up curve because you've got yeah. something you can do about it. Exactly. Oh, wow. I'm going to apply that to my goals. Evaluate my goals. And look at the goals that I achieved, and then I worry about the ones I did it later. Love that. <laughs> That's awesome. You gave me a good tip today. I appreciate that. Yeah. Mr. Attaway, man, listen, thank you for your time. And, guys, I'm going to go ahead and show you guys once again. Make sure I have here uh, the link there. Uh, Catalytic Leadership, 12 Keys to Becoming an Intentional Leader Who Makes a Difference. There it is, guys. So get your book. There's the website right there. Get it. I'm so blessed and honored uh, to have met him. And he get sent me my copy. So I got my copy, guys. I'm definitely going to be doing my homework. And I'm going to be uh, giving you some feedback, Mr. Attaway. So first of all, thank you again for that book. And thank you for your time. I greatly appreciate it. Angel, it's been an honor to be with you. Thanks so much. Yes, thank you. Thank you so much. We'll see you soon, okay? Great. Thank you. All right, folks. So there you have it. Mr. William Attaway, what is catalytic leadership? Thank you for tuning in, guys. I'll see you in the next episode. And please get your book. All right. Get your book. Visit that website. I have I'm gonna have the links there as well. 
and you'll be able to order your book, okay? Also, uh, for you, those of you who may be into uh, natural supplements for the immune system, all right, my wife and I, we have here the, I have the energy. This is a good one right here. I just got my, my package today, energy go sticks. You know, now for the summer, you know, we're already in the month of June. July is very hot. You drink a lot of water. You just put this package inside the, the water like I have here. You put it in there. You drink it, and you have a natural energy, not that artificial uh, artificial sugar. No, it's natural. And, of course, Gold Factor just won a, a Titan, Gold Titan Award. I'm going to be sending uh, details and the link for that as well. So visit that website there, and you'll be able to order if you have any questions any comments about these products, the link is there. Reach out to me, and I'll feel I'll be more than glad to uh, give you any feedback. All right, guys? So, guys, thank you again for tuning in, and I'll see you in the next episode. God bless you. Be safe. And as usual, I want to leave you with a positive scripture, one of my favorite scriptures that I love to read and recite. I want to leave you guys with this, and it is in 1 Peter chapter 5 verse 6 and 7 and it says humble yourselves therefore under god's mighty hand that he may lift you up in due time cast all of your anxiety on him because he cares for you and for me all right guys so there it is guys god bless you i'll see you in the next episode stay safe